And away we go. Another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. Glad to be with you. Invite you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com, as training camps are open. Soldiering through the Olympics. Nice little diversion. Uh, baseball. Second half of the season, post-All-Star break. Big day today. Free agency in the National Hockey League. NBA's over. Football's coming. It's coming fast. And... So are the boys. John and Mike join us from back in Baltimore, fellas. How's it going today? It's Wednesday. It's really hot here. Um, it was a little struggle to get through the 18 holes this morning. <laughs> we started fairly early. Um, but you know what? It, it all, what's the slogan, Brian? What's the saying? That it's a, any day golfing's better than being in the office? Well, I get to live both of both. I get to live both worlds where I get to play in the morning and be at the office and don't miss either one for the other. So it's Wednesdays are always a little bit more fun because we get to do this radio show. We get to talk about preseason. We get to talk about the players that have COVID right now, which would be my main guy, Lamar Jackson, which we'll get into um, a little bit later in the show. Um, we could talk about the Olympics, not that it's a bet, you know, part of the betting that we're personally doing, but this is a sports talk show and, a lot of really cool things going on, especially with football, literally weeks away. Now, I mean, look, preseason football is here, Brian, but it's coming. But really the main bulk is going to be at the end of the month when we start college football, and then it's a long season, an extra week. We have 18 weeks this year, so I couldn't be more excited. I think it's finally now the fans are in the stands, or at least we hope so going into the season. I'm just you could hear the excitement in my voice. Now, John might be a little upset that he can't talk about dog betting and baseball for the rest of his life. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, are you going to talk about it in December? Listen, first of all, check your email, Red Alert, Brian. I sent the donation link. Any support appreciated for this 100-mile ride I'm doing this Friday before I get on a plane and fly to you on Monday. So, no pressure. Just putting it out there live on the radio. Second thing is, do you know what the record is, Brian, on underdogs since the All-Star break? No. Why don't you uh, clue me in? Because I know you've got said 70, numbers. 75 and 88, meaning 75 dogs of one, 88 favorites of one. So, I mean, you understand, obviously, simple math. If you bet every dog since the All-Star break, you were just absolutely killing it. Certain teams are amazing to me. Like, I fade the Dodgers. The number one team in baseball to bet on is San Francisco, which my clients received last night, as they are the number one winningest dog besides Seattle. It's interesting. Both teams, Seattle and San Francisco, basically just print money. If you bet San Francisco $100 on every game, you're up $2,144 since the beginning of the season. But they're, as an underdog, 24-17. and 17. And... If you have played San Francisco every, excuse me, Seattle every game of the season, while in terms of the standings, nobody's really going to like think Seattle, um, they're going to be there at the end. It doesn't matter from a betting point of view. And this is what I say by people overlooking teams. I wish Dave was on the show. He'd say it's small sample size. They're 44 and 36 as an underdog, meaning they've only been a favorite 15 times. This season. So, again, I don't know what to say to the listeners other than if you're shaking your head and you're saying, why me? You're constantly betting these highfalutin favorites. You just can't make money doing it. What I've illustrated is something that where Dave would say it's small variance is that basically, unless you're like our, our good friend in Summerlin who spot plays favorites, you can't make money betting favorites. I mean, I don't know if you can make the same correlation to hockey because hockey is your main for That's your thing. I, I mean, your love. I, I realize you're involved in anything. But, I mean, every year I say the same thing. It's a broken drum. We're talking almost 10 years, Brian, of doing this radio show, and it's always been the same. I, I hear you, oh. man. You've always, you've always knocked it out of the park with the baseball dogs. Hockey, I love oh. the hockey because there are plus prices that are plentiful, be it puck line, dogs, or... Sometimes the totals, you get juicy plus prices. Something. Yeah, no. And when the menu's big, you should be sure, sure, uh, searching for plus prices. 
I mean, again, like I said, you know, uh, Big Mike's got that parlay strategy where he'll put those heavy favorites in there, and that's fine. But, I mean, again, like I said, you know, from a dog point of view, I mean, you just don't get 14-point dogs consistently winning outright at a 50% clip in college football or the NFL. You get some upsets, but the amount of games that you get on a daily basis, and I think the problem is because most gamblers, when they, they're obsessed with handicapping pitchers. And, I mean, when I tell people I throw the pitchers out and I just don't care about the pitchers, they look at me like I'm cross-eyed. I say, hey, look, they're not going to be in in the end. Who cares? It I'm doesn't wa- matter. I'm wondering, it would be a lot of work, but just saying, and there's nothing wrong with just saying a, you know, a dog won the game. You know, but somebody who's like plus a dime, it would be interesting to really break that down in terms of like, you know, how, how many times have it has a team plus one fifty or higher one or a plus dollar eighty or right. higher so when one. You get, oh, well, I have done a little bit of the work. So to answer your, the little bit of the work that I've done is when you get over one eighty, dogs win literally fifty percent of the time. And I think what happens is because of the legalization of sports. And look, it was probably always the same. I'm using this as a, as, as, as a hypothesis because of the legalization of sports wagering in you know, almost 30 states right now, it, that the, the, the teams are aware of their price. And I think what happens is when you get into the ego-bruising situations where a team goes into a game knowing they're plus two, 250, it's almost like they have a chip on their shoulder, like the Reds against the Cubs yesterday. You know, basically closed at 180. All right, they win. They, they smash the Cubs seven to four. They they're they're going into that game knowing they're a two buck dog, and so that if you look at the Tigers against the Twins, same thing, plus 200. Everything. If you just played anything over 180 yesterday on the board, you were two and zero. So the answer is that the the larger the larger the dog, where it looks like the bigger upset. Which, what I usually see is you're getting a lot of favorites winning on that plus 10 cent, minus 10 cent price. But one thing that the intangible, and I don't know if it's because of the limited fans or the fact that there's fans versus there was no fans, but one thing that has stayed true is basically there's no point in betting road teams. Like it, favorite or dog. Like basically the home team has had such a strong advantage in baseball betting it is just literally amazing. It is, um, I mean, I have never, I'm going to give you the exact numbers right now. Home teams in baseball are 57% straight up, regardless of whether they were a favorite or a dog. So if you bet every single home team, you're 834 and 671 on the season. If you look at the home team dogs, which is the, you're 46%, which is a huge amount of money, 237 and 284. And then home favorites are 61%, 590 and 380. So, for an example, yesterday's a perfect situation. San Francisco, why did I take them? I took them because they're the number one dog in baseball besides Seattle to bet on. I didn't care who was pitching. I didn't care about any of that. And they were at home. The, the home team edge is basically the biggest edge that you have all in baseball right now. So when you're looking for dogs, what you're hoping is, can you get a home team dog? The problem that I've been seeing since six, eight weeks ago is it's very hard to get a home team dog. So like yesterday, looking at the board, the Royals, the Royals were a home team dog. Uh, the Giants were a home team dog. And the Mariners were a home team dog. So out of a 15-game board, you only had three home team dogs. And when you look at today's situation, you got one, two, three, four. That's it. You got four home team dogs. So it's very hard to get a home team dog. And it's literally been eight, 12 weeks where you got to search for home team dogs. So that's my home team dog rant. So hopefully that answered your question a little bit. So you, I'm proud. I mean, that's a lot of work. But the bottom line is, as you allude to, it's the long haul. It's it's the big picture oh. you're looking at. And in addition to that, the plus one and a half, while the dogs are killing it, the plus one and a half is amazing. The day before yesterday, plus one. if you bet every plus one and a half 
on the run line, which again would only be valuable in fit in in parlays because of the juice. You were eight and one. I mean, literally, literally the amount of the edge on the plus one and a half. That's why I know you might lay the puck line when it comes to hockey betting. There's just literally no money in it in baseball. Like, you know, there's just no money in it in baseball. I mean, I, I, I hit a parlay last night uh, for a client of mine, and I'm looking to see the actual amount of games that I have in the parlay. And when I tell you how I hit it, you will laugh. I literally, um, I literally just played every plus one and a half. I just did combinations of plus one and a half. Didn't even look at the team. Didn't look. Didn't care. All I'm looking for is a good plus one and a half where you're not laying a huge price. So, like for instance, today you got uh, Washington plus one and a half minus one twelve. Well, that's better than playing. Uh, the Orioles, which would be plus one and a half minus one ninety. So what you try to do is try to get these plus one and a half at a short price, where you're not going to lay almost two bucks, and you have a good a good edge, which a lot of people overlook in baseball betting. Where I'm all for the parlays when you do them for small in baseball because it's money line and adding the plus one and a half. But I think to lay the one and a half is just, you know. More times than not, that team's going to win by one or lose outright than win by two. And Mike, Michael, on the baseball front, I mean, obviously, you're trying to find those dogs, that's, that's a big piece of the puzzle. Well, it's, it's good. I mean, John has a philosophy that he sticks to the entire year, and that's the reason for his success. It's not because he keeps tinkering with it and he keeps – he loses faith if he has a couple losing days. It's not about that. The whole business model to being successful in sports trading means you're going to have peaks and valleys. Are you going to stay consistent through those valleys? Are you going to have composure and have the right money management to stick through it? I mean, I can't tell you because, again, I'm on the front lines and I deal with a lot of clients that call in our office, and I can't tell you how many people – have unrealistic expectations about this business. They think it's the next, you know, crypto where they could take a little bit of money, hmm. they could just let it sit there, and all of a sudden, in a couple weeks, in a couple months, it becomes in this crazy 30, 40, 50x return. Or like you could buy did. it at 65,000 and watch it go to 29. <clears throat> right, right, right. But Brian, he's the kiss, but go ahead. <laughs> but the whole po- the point of that is. It's like at some point, and I have a much different approach. When I first got into this business and I was consulting, I was a little bit more offended when clients had that mindset when they called the office. Now it's like you can't overcome it. And I hate to say this on the radio, and I'll probably – let me take it back. I won't even say it on the radio because I don't want it to come out wrong. But you can't be in this business if you're weak-minded – weak-hearted, and you can't overcome adversity. If you just think it's going to be a linear line where you're just going to win every day and lose a couple games and then win every day and lose, it doesn't work that way. You're going to have weeks where you're just treading water. When I say treading water, you're just breaking even. And then you're going to have huge returns going forward because you're going to follow the money management. You know, that's the key. The key to this whole process of sports trading is do this for the long run. Let the consultants, let the experts tell you how to do it correctly. Not that if you have a losing day that you call me back the following morning and tell me, well, you lost yesterday, so I decided to do a five-team parlay, and I put ten times the amount on that parlay because I'm chasing it's like it's the same scenario, and I hear it from literally. It's like the gambler's mindset is exactly the same. And as much as it's every every person is a different personality, Brian. Every person is a different, you know, lives in a different part of the country or the world. They all, for some reason, have the exact same mindset. When they lose, they need to make it back the next day, versus. They take the loss just like you do when you trade stocks and you trade crypto. I, I, you know, I myself 
am a crypto trader as well, just like John mentioned. I took a hit on Bitcoin. I'm not jumping ship because it went down. I understand if I was in it, and I know it's a three- to five-year plan for this type of trading, I'm just going to let it sit. So when it comes at the end of the day, this business is the most profitable trading platform that I've ever done. But it is also extremely difficult if you're not if you're going to obsess about the day to day of winning and losing and rooting in every single game and thinking that luck matters and where you sit on the couch matters and all this crap that really has nothing to do with the actual art of making money in this business. Dave, who's not on the show today, Brian. That guy could have a losing week. He doesn't care. He's not emotionally attached to any of these circumstances. All he cares about is the bottom line, and I've seen his bottom line in multiple accounts, what he's done since he's opened them. And it's the transparency is what I try to preach because most of the guys that are so-called cappers that have websites and basically don't have the transparency like you and Dave do, you know, a lot of people buy into the hype. Where with us, we try to educate each client more so than just say, here, take this game. Because at the end of the day, the education is free, but some people just don't take it. They, they don't care about it. All they care about is, I want to win today, I want to win tomorrow, and they have unrealistic goals. So it seems like every week for the last two weeks, I've had a, a good 10-minute rant here on the radio show, but it just lately it's been it's not getting to me but it's to the point where certain guys especially people that are educated they have successful businesses they've they've made, done well for themselves in their lives but they suck at sports betting and because of their ego and they can't separate their ego when they become clients of ours still lose because they think their way got them to this point in life with the other success, and I always tell them, Brian, part-time traders, part-time manual handicappers will never make money in this business unless you devote your entire day's routine into getting market edge lines like Dave does for football Monday and Tuesday where he's beating the number and he doesn't care if he's getting the better price and he's getting the best price at the close. He is happy with that because over a large enough sample size, it works. And a lot of these guys want to work all day, have families, have a social life, and, and go and do their five-minute routine and handicap a couple games for them, and they think that matters. And it's a lot harder than that. So I hope that you know, if, if a potential client, because I have all my clients that don't sign up and still um, – Think about it from time to time. They listen to this radio show. I hope this breaks through to them. Nobody that does this part-time wins unless you get lucky and you hit a couple parlays and you might have a couple good weeks where you stretch it out and you have profitable weeks. But over a large enough sample size, all those guys give it back. I mean, there's a reason why in so many states now they legalize sports betting. The casinos are popping up. I don't see any of these casinos closing down anytime soon. So there's a reason for that. It's if you know that you're at a disadvantage when you walk into a casino and you make a wager and you do it every single day, you need to have consultants that are literally coaching you every step of the way. That's not just giving you the games to be successful at doing this. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. So that's my rant. I'm done. Let's go. We can go back to talking. You well, know, so like, let camp. me let me just say this. So, Brian, you know, you know that the large portion of the industry is to, to attain clients. The companies will advertise, call for a free winner, call for a free pick, yada yada, on the short term. So, what I decided on the first day of the baseball season to kind of like refute my good friend and our good friend Dave's points is instead of showing people a small sample size, show them a long sample size. So here in other companies, you have to call to get something for free, get a free selection. Since the first day of the baseball season, I have a YouTube channel where I give out one free game when there's an opportunity because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to give it all away. It's not fair to the subscribers. 
I, as of yesterday, I've given out 82 games for free, all in baseball, all underdogs, 82 underdogs. Now, he, what, what Mike means about sticking to the system and not getting shooken off it is on May 18th, early in the season, I was 22-9 and nine on a hypothetical of betting $100 a game. On my YouTube channel, I hit a high point of $2,282. I then proceeded to go all the way completely straight down like a market crash to a low of plus $326.50. Now, the irony is I was never negative since the first day of baseball. I've never been negative. I went as high as 20, almost 2,300, as low as 300, and now, as of yesterday, I am 30. Uh, uh, what am I here? I'm 38 and 44 out of the last 82 games for free on YouTube. If you were betting every game at a dime line, you're plus 1,096 dollars and 50 cents, and I'm personally down six games. So I would ask you. Showing somebody, not saying dogs always win. The difference between me is when you're listening to this, it's not dogs always win. It's If you're just going to my YouTube channel and you're watching it, 82 games where I'm down six games and I'm up 10 units. So I flip that the other way and I ask everybody, how does somebody make money unless you're like my good friend Troy who bets one favorite a week? I mean, sure, you can pick and choose your spots. My man had Houston yesterday against Seattle. But, again, he didn't play the whole entire board. He had one game, and it was the last game on the board. I mean, that's where I go back to giving out free information. I think Mike's frustration is that you give out so much for free long-term and to show people the efficacy, big word, the efficacy, that it is simply irrefutable that if you don't want to handicap, Somebody called me yesterday to sign up and inquire about an early bird football package. And he says, I don't play baseball. And I said, what? So the irony for me always, Brian, is nobody cares about baseball and all the sharps love it. And the public loves the hardest sport to bet. Can we all agree? Can we agree, Brian? That you, per- you may not agree that betting NFL is the hardest sport to bet. I believe. It's the most efficient sport. Well, I think maybe the way to say that is the NFL numbers are the tightest numbers of any sport. So explain to me how somebody that's working 40, 60 hours a week, doesn't have a lot of money, he's trying to make a little extra money. He's only interested in betting the toughest numbers. Instead of the easiest numbers. That's what I've never, since I met you, figured out. Well, I mean, I've always laughed, you know, playing the horses and watch guys that know how to read a racing form and look at something in the horses eight to five. And yeah, bad things can happen. But you're sitting here going, wait a minute, the horse is the best closer in a race loaded with speed or it's lone speed, you know, in a cheap field. And going, this horse has to fall down to lose. But the mindset would be, I can beat him. Well, what's wrong with nine to five? I mean, that same guy is laying three in a football game that's a coin flip and betting 110 to win 100. You know, so the beauty of football now, Mike, I'd even throw it back at you just to get your take on this, is the numbers are the tightest. But you see advanced numbers, like you know, advanced lines for games coming up next week. Uh, we do the opening line stuff we've talked about forever on a Sunday night on, into Monday. You know, whether whether we're picking the right game or not, you know, at the end of the week, that's what matters. But literally, I mean, I'm not being a, you know, like a nut bar about it. I would say eight out of the ten games, we, we'll tell you which way the number is going to go. Just haven't been around it from both sides of the counter. And and get you the best of the number way more often than not. And that's the key is you're gonna if you're closing correctly and you're getting the best number, you're going to win more times than not because in football, unlike baseball, there's a spread. You're going to get a lot of games that land on that number of two and a half, 
you know, well, not two and a half, but you're going to land on three the majority of the time because they're playing at the end of the game within touchdown or a field goal. So a lot of times it simply lands on that. And if you're getting that three and a half, you're getting four early in the week, and we believe that that's the right side, over a large enough sample size, you're going to prosper. And a lot of times with that, and, and Dave does this very well, he'll catch a game early in the week, not as much in NFL because it doesn't move nearly as much as college, but he'll get a college game where it may move three to four points easily by close, and then we will arbitrage the game and have both sides with 10% juice. And, again, you know, yes, can we just lose 10% on that game? Absolutely. But the risk of 10% to win 200%, again, getting that over a large sample size, you're going to make money. But it's not as easy as me just saying, hey, there's a five plays on Sunday, bet them at noon on Sunday to get the best number. You're not going to get that. At times, yes, closing numbers will actually benefit because the public is working in our favor. But the football season is so unique. Early in the season, I do believe you can get an edge because a lot of the odds makers are not nearly as sharp on the teams until they see the actual teams play. So if you're doing your research and training camp and preseason and whether it's a new coaching staff, whether it's a player that's going into his third year that's had a couple years under his system, whether it's you know a completely revamped offensive line where now you're going to see the team run a lot more, which may affect the control of the clock. I mean, there's a lot of factors in the NFL, unlike other sports, where you can get a good read early in the season because it's such a short schedule. When I say short, it's long in terms of the actual time elapsed, but they're really only playing 17 total games. You can get away with September, even into October, where the, the, the line on the game is going to be extremely soft. So, again, line makers always make adjustments, and we always see this midseason. You don't see a team going 16-17-0 against the spread, no matter how good they are, because the line makers adjust. But in September, you can get away with certain teams that are not high on the radar as the teams to win that are they put together extremely solid draft they have they took in some free agents that are gelling well with the system and you know there's a lot of stuff that I even the the second and third layer in this is a lot of times when they have a new offensive coordinator that's played with a certain player in the past where they have that cohesion and they gel or they bring in free agents that have played with that offensive coordinator in the past, a lot of times that benefits a new offense, which could also backfire because if it's a new coordinator and he's playing a quarterback is playing in a brand new system, or if it's a, you know, there's certain quarterbacks that seem to be playing a new system every single year, that a lot of times is a recipe for disaster early in the season it's not an exact science, but again, this is what we do. It's not, hey, you know, I'm going to look at SportsCenter for a couple weeks prior to the start of the season and take a guess on who's going to win the game. It's, there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, it's going to be unique because we're going to have fans in the stands, so there's going to be a home field advantage again, unlike last year where, you're, where you saw a lot of dogs that were, you know, not heavy dogs, but dogs that were getting three, getting four, getting five points that were winning outright consistently because there was no real home field edge. So it's going to be different. Home field advantage is going to matter, so we have to factor that, factor that in to the true line that we create on the game. And, and that's the cool part about the season is we get to do this in August, get ready, and by the time September comes, we're ready to actually – crush the entire season so you know right now i'm just monitoring the camps um i'm seeing a lot of different you know rookies that are getting a lot of practice time with the first team seeing which guys are rising in camp um because with a team that's starting 22 guys you're gonna have a lot of rookies that are filtering in the starting roles it's not like the nba where maybe one 
rookie out of the draft per team gets to start on the team, if that. It's much different in the NFL. So these things play a big role. And if you could identify those teams that are, are getting that extra value that they found in the draft, where a lot of times odds makers don't catch on to that till mid-October, November. What's the deal with um, you hearing on the Lamar Jackson front? So right now, as far as this morning, he has COVID, so he's obviously quarantining. So this is the second time he's had it? He had it once mm-hmm. last year, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, we could definitely fact check that. But, yes, currently right now he has COVID, so he's been sent home from camp. Um, our team, the Ravens, I thought was vaccinated at 80% is what I saw. So I guess he's part of the 20%. Yeah, yeah, it just came up. Uh, NFL star Lamar Jackson tests positive for COVID-19 a second time. So he had it in the initial shutdown of the pandemic, and this is the second time. So go ahead. That's the thing, so, how, so that's how, what, how nutty this is going to be this year that, you know, I mean, A, guys that don't get vaccinated or even now the breakthrough cases, and there are football contests in town. Guys are changing their house rules with the NFL saying they may actually have teams forfeit games. Yeah, they said, well, I think Caesar, uh, somebody said they're not going to pay on a forfeit win, like if you are if you win because of a forfeit, they said it's going to be a no bet, is what I'm hearing this, mm-hmm. the, 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 the scuttlebutt is. Yeah, right, like if you bet early in the week and the game gets called, yeah, it's a refund. Yeah, like you're not going to win just because the other team was, you know, bounced out. You know what I mean? Um, look, we could spend hours talking about this. I was going to ask you since I'm going to be in studio with you next week, um, what is – I was told that certain casinos, certain properties are asking for proof of vaccination. Otherwise, you have to wear a mask, or is that no? It's uh, uh, coming up. There, the mask mandates back. Just a mask mandate indoors. For who? Everybody. When did this happen? It's just. Oh, it's returning. Yeah. The mask mandate, like as in, by the time I land on Monday, or uh, they're going to talk. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mask mandate indoors. Oh. I believe possibly. I should know this. Was it Friday? I mean, it. it but no, the ma- mask mandate. Yeah. Got it. So interesting. Well. I'll be wearing it on the plane anyway, so it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll be, yeah, I mean, you, you get legged up on the plane. Uh, reinstalls, uh, let's see. Yep, mask mandate's coming back. Uh, I'll find it. I, I, I Honestly, I believe it's, I thought it was Friday. Yeah, but, I mean, it'll be good, to, like it'll be good said, to see a mask or not. Listen. We just got an email for Baltimore County Public Schools. First, it was no mask. Now it's going to be all children vaccinated or not are going to be required to wear a mask. So, you know, again, this is, look, we got to talk about the realities. The, the, and again, I'm not going to do what I did last time when we had no sports and panic and we stayed on the air. What I'm going to say to Mike on the air is this, is that the whole fan thing, we'll see how, we'll see how what restrictions are in place i have a feeling and again this is my gut is that there's going to still be a reduction in amount of people that can be in the stadium i don't think they're going to be able to pound full full people into the stadium and i think that there is going to be a situation where uh you know unfortunately just like the yellow wristbands in nfl training camp you're going to unfortunately have a situation where if you're vaccinated, it's going to be much easier for you to go to a game. And if you're not, it's going to be harder for you to go to a game. That's what I foresee coming. Mass mandate and, uh, is tomorrow night at 12.01. So, it, it's, yeah, it. it starts. Got it. So, go. Okay, I didn't know. There you go. College, hey, listen, foo- college football, here's, by the here's, way. Here's interesting. Here's, but real quick before we get to college football, and I'm looking at those lines. What's interesting is we're doing this radio show on July 28th, 2021. You went full open, as in the, the, I guess, Clark County or Paradise County went full open 
on was it July first or or June first? I I, the, anyway, I think it was kidding? I think it was the day it was June first. I don't June, know what day of the 1st. week it is. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Unless you know where the horse is running, then you know what day of the week it is. Uh, but yeah, yeah, exactly. On June first, I think it was full one hundred percent, not nothing required, all open on June first. So we didn't even make it two months. We didn't even make it two months. That's pretty wild. So uh, back to college football. Nothing how jacked are you that this is coming, but this is going to be a unique and a challenging season because I think once we get to see these guys play, the question marks with the transfer portals. Now, Mike, will you watch the shifting of the numbers and power ratings from week one to week two to week three in the early stage of college football? It's going to be pretty volatile. Well, and it's always like that. I mean, I yes, the top teams usually, you know, I say the top teams, but Alabama, Ohio State, the teams that, you know, are clearly top 10 material usually stay up there. You don't see many. I mean, every now and then you have a team that starts off, you know, that is rated really, really high that doesn't finish in the top 10. But most of the time, a couple of those big name schools stay up there. But there's always a shift that from, let's say, 5 to 25, where teams that are up there right now won't be there at the end of the season because a lot of times it's based on the recruiting class. It's based off last year and how the team played. But really when you have such a, a new roster and you're having guys that graduate, a lot of the odds makers guess how the team is going to be when it's a completely new roster. I mean, think about it. It's like telling me that, you know, a team like Green Bay doesn't have Rodgers, doesn't have Devontae Adams, doesn't have Aaron Jones, and they're bringing in all new guys this year. How are you going to judge that Green Bay team? So it's the same thing with college. You have a whole new crop of guys. You have five-star recruits, guys that did great in high school, put up extreme numbers, but again, it's a different game, different competition. Now you're playing against the best guy every single week compared to in high school where maybe you had one game a year where you play it against extreme talent. So in college, early on, there's a lot of teams that are ranked high that won't stay up there. And I get a lot of dog value early in the season, September and October, where, you know, again, the odds makers make, te- make the team a favor. When, when I make my power rating, I believe the other team should be a favorite. And again, you know, there's so many schools. There's a ton of games. Um, as far as I know, they have not canceled any conferences this year. So unlike last year where we had a limited amount of teams playing to start the year and then other conferences followed suit and they started playing as well. And then last year we had a lot of in-conference schedules where teams were only playing within their conference. And obviously, and you've said this many times in the past, Brian, where you know the, the coaches know each other. They, they know – how to game plan against each other. But when you're having these out-of-conference games where, you know, the ACC is playing, you know, the Mountain West or the SEC is playing some team from the West. So you're going to get crazy numbers attached to that line because, again, the odds makers are guessing that the five-star recruit that's coming in um, to Alabama is going to be a stud. Well, he may be a stud, but it's early in the season. He's played a lot of high school football. Is he good for laying 40? No. Not saying that it's a blind play to play opposite of Alabama early in the season, but it's a really good opportunity for you to watch the game because we don't have preseason and then get a good half of value and then hammer them in the second half because a lot of those teams, even though they'll win the game with those huge numbers, and the huge spreads, a lot of them won't cover. And you can get a lot of value out of that in the second half. But again, that, that requires time. That requires you to monitor every single game starting at noon on Saturday, obviously East Coast time, and continue to do so for the rest of the day. Most people that bet on sports want to bet it and forget it. They want to bet the game. They want to go on with their day on Saturday, have family time, have activities planned, whether they work. This is our work. 
So for us, it's easy. That's what we expect. That's what we do. We sit here and we monitor games all day. John's, I'm looking through the window right now, and he's monitoring the Don. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little irritated right now, and here's why. I don't cry about missed opportunities, but we didn't discuss this earlier. This is a good segue, Brian. The four worst teams to bet on in baseball are Arizona, Baltimore, Minnesota, and Kansas City, even with Kansas City's little win streak that they had. They make Detroit one yesterday. They're six and four in their last ten. Minnesota's four and six in their last ten. They make Minnesota a one forty five home favorite at ten ten AM your time. It's early, I understand. But I mean I just missed it because I was busy in preparation for the show. Detroit would have been the easiest bet in the board. They're winning two nothing right now. Get in the dog money if the game doesn't end. Uh, if the game ends just the way it is. And this is, you know, again, he's watching me do my work through the board. And, again, this is – I go back to – I just question some of these lines that these line makers make. Anyway, back to what you were talking about. <laughs> but the, the the football thing, right, in August, the month of August, I mean, you sense it, right, when people start calling in. Everybody's drooling for football. They're calling right now. Right now they're calling. They're saying, how much is your early bird – NFL package, football package, and then you know the conversation goes the same way. And but listen, they go, I don't, I don't play baseball, and then I go, okay, well we're going to include it for free anyway. And they go, all right, give it to me. <laughs> so you know, it's like you know they're willing to, they're willing to play it if the information is given as part of a football subscription. But they, I, a lot of these guys would not subscribe to uh, baseball exclusively on its own. So, yeah, I mean, it's just the mayhem of football. The minute they hear that jingle, dun, 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 you know, they're ready to rock and roll. You know, like I said, I'm looking – I'm going to be flying back from Vegas before the the uh, Dallas uh, – what is it, the Dallas um, Pittsburgh game? The Hall of Fame game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's interesting. This line was pick and now I think it's uh, minus one. Yeah. Minus one. <laughs> you're, 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 well, what's the total? The total, like 34? I'm guessing. Yeah, you're good. I'm guessing. You're good. I didn't now, look. You knew. You weren't, you, you I weren't. swear I swear I didn't look. There's no way you were guessing. Really? You were guessing? 33.5. Well, I wouldn't call it a guess. I just I, didn't, I just said I I wouldn't call it a guess, but I I had I didn't see it. Listen, preseason totals High totals are in the 37 37 and a half, you know, range higher preseason games. The Hall of Fame game is literally three yards in a cloud of dust, and you're not looking to get guys hurt. And the only way the Hall of Fame game goes over if somebody, you know, gets a pick six or a fumble return and a punt return for a touchdown. I mean, the Hall of Fame game is let's run the clock and get out of here because they have to play an extra game. They're, they're they're playing guys that are you know they have ninety whatever guys in camp. Guys fifty through ninety are the guys playing in the Hall of Fame game. I mean, it'll be interesting. You have teams like Baltimore that have like one of the greatest records in all of baseball in preseason, and now with the football, situation football. with the you uh, said baseball. football, excuse me, and they make them a three-point favorite against the Saints. I mean, look for me, like Mike's always said, this is a first half slash second half split the bet up situation. I can't see. I mean, yes, we you know there's insane betters. They're so excited to bet they'll go full throttle on this stuff. But I mean, for me personally, it's definitely more of a first half for the starters slash third quarter than worrying about the entire game. You know what I mean? Well, as always, when you get to preseason football, we have a fewer, you know, one fewer games. But, you know, you sit there and you try to find out what's the quarterback rotation going to be. So the reality of this, you're going to be seeing for Baltimore, right? You're going to see a lot of Trace McSorley. And he showed he can move the ball a little bit. The thing that would be interesting in a game like that is – uh, does Jameis Winston get a lot of work because Peyton's really thinking of running a combo scheme there? But but preseason's fun. It's all trying about to get the information to find out who's actually going to play. Well, the other little wrench and monkey in the room is and then as you said, and the numbers you? inflated because Baltimore and Harbaugh, you know, win all their preseason games. Right, but the other issue is for the whole entire league. What about when you have a situation where it's you, you, you think someone's going to play, then they test positive, 
and then you're just forced into having this kind of like game time decision, which you have with the NBA, questionable, doubtful, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, you know, let's say Lamar is supposed to play, and then, well, he's. I'm using this as just an example. Obviously, he should be fine by then, but I'm just making a point. And then he's positive. Some players just – some quarterbacks randomly positive, and then last minute, you know, the new guy comes in. It'll be interesting to see how quick they can adjust their lines with that type of information. Yeah, but I mean, Mike, I would I would envision even the first preseason game. I'm not putting Lamar Jackson out there anyway. I mean, I think you're seeing, you know, three quarters of McSorley or two quarters, at least a half for McSorley. Yeah, I don't I don't see, especially from the COVID. A lot of these guys and athletes like um, the defensive end from Cleveland had it last year, and he said that when he came back. His conditioning, it took him a while to get his conditioning back. He just he didn't have the energy. So I don't think they want Lamar. I want the, They want him healthy for the season. He's going to go through all the protocols, all the conditioning tests to make sure that he's up to par because, again, he's not, you know, a statue NFL quarterback where he just drops back and throws the ball. He, he exerts a lot of energy. So I just hope to have him ready for a big season ahead. Um, there's a lot of, you know, I've been looking at win-loss totals, the over-unders for a lot of teams. It's just really exciting. This is the time of the year where normally the dog days of baseball are behind us, even though I love baseball. And it's very enjoyable because day-to-day you could find teams from streaks and dog value like John does. And it's consistent while football, it's really the majority of it from a volume standpoint is Saturday and Sunday. And then the rest of the week, you know, you have a game or two a night. So, you know, it's it's very exciting. I think to having an extra week, now it's an 18-week season plus playoffs. You know, I think this year we're going to have, hopefully we could have a full season in college football along with all the bowl games, which as far as I know is going to happen. So, you know, last year was kind of like it didn't matter. The fact that they were playing in itself and we weren't doing nothing was just exciting in itself, but I feel like this year is going to be more of a, a normal year where we're going to have all the out-of-conference games, all the bowl games, you know, and, and fans in the stands. I mean, John keeps saying that maybe they're going to limit it, but he was also the one that said we weren't going to have football last year, so I'm not going to put too <laughs> I much would lo- hey, I, would, I would love to. I love, I, like I said, I, I don't believe we're going to ever be in a position where there's no sports again. We're going to just live around it like we're doing right now. I'm just making a point in terms of DB screens and alerts and the stuff Dave uses to get injury reports and the stuff you use. And even for fantasy football, you guys can talk about that for a little bit. I know we got five minutes left, but I mean, you both are fantasy freaks. How would you like to set up your league? And then all of a sudden, you know, you got three players out because they're COVID positive. Well, we're already, we anticipate that. Um, we had protocols for that last year. We have protocols for that this year where they become an IR or practice squad player and they're able to, you know, obviously you still have to replace them, but, you know, at least you have space on your roster for that reasoning. But, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be wonky. I mean, you're going to see teams from what, I don't know if they're going to actually put it into action, but if they have a COVID outbreak on the team and the, and the players are not vaccinated, they're saying they're going to have the games forfeited. I don't think I've ever seen a forfeited game in the NFL. So if that starts coming to, you know, to light and you're going to start seeing some forfeits that's going to play a big role for the playoff race at the end of the year so i hope we don't see any of that i hope all these players are smart enough to be vaccinated but you know time will hey, listen tell it's not it. i don't even want to get into that conversation but i want to ask you personally brian did you see this coming in vegas i'm a little irritated that i'm getting on a plane and i gotta you know it's like the last time I got on the plane, because I missed the June, I came before the full opening, and then I missed the full opening. So, did you foresee this coming or no? What, what, what the mask again? Yeah, yeah. In Ve- I mean, they're pointing out in the news, you know, Vegas, obviously, because it's a tourist destination. No, I, the, the, I, obviously, the, there's other. The numbers are on the rise. I mean, everywhere. Uh, you know, the difference being, you know, the tourism thing. I think the, the, the main thing by doing this is to be adamant about n- not shutting anything down again. 
You know, I yeah, mean, right. and then they've also implemented the you know, the mask for the kids in schools. So, you know, the num- numbers are on the rise. I think the I, th- I shouldn't think. I, I'm is the positivity rate. It's up there. It's like it's over fifteen percent, I believe. Got it. You know, so hopefully it's a short short-term thing and, and things turn around. Nonetheless, you'll be here in studio next week, so that'll be good to see you. Oh, absolutely. I'll, 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 I can talk loud enough through the mask. <laughs> yes, you can. But you already knew that. Yes, you, you can. That. Yes, you can. Uh, yes. Michael, the golf score. Nice and cool. Is, are we going to have rain and cool gray skies, eighty degrees? Like I, when I called you, I was worried about you on Monday. Oh yeah, monsoon. that was that was very nice of you, by the way, with the bad yeah, no storms. Problem. You were, you know, I, are I, we I, have the, I felt love. Am I going to be so lucky? Am I going to be so lucky? Uh, Ten day forecast. One oh today. Hell. Today one oh three one oh five ninety three ninety six one hundred. Monday one oh four. Tuesday one oh seven. Wednesday one oh seven. That's nice. Yeah, but here's what I'm going to tell everybody. Don't, who's don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. You're better than that. I wish I could bring Mike and he could go golf in 107. He'd, well, he'd do it. No. When you were out, it was no. it too hot or no. too windy? It was too windy. That's why it was the golf. It's too windy. I, I can't, I don't want to do wind anymore and I don't want to do heat anymore. I've been, I, I just, it beats me up and then. Literally by the back nine, I'm just I'm worn down. My mental clarity is gone. And when it's windy, then I mean, look, wind is part of the game. You have to anticipate it, but it's just difficult because you don't know how how you know the mile per hour swirl that keeps changing every ten minutes, and you have to adjust for it. So I mean, that makes it a little bit more complex and it's more strategic. But look, it's part of the game, right, Brian? You got it, my friend, and I'm glad you're so into it. And I'm looking forward to doing this again with the boys next week. And as always, we invite you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. Fellas, always fun chatting sports with your kids. We'll do it again next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Sports Insider Radio.